Hello, and welcome to the Quest Church San Diego Sermon Podcast. Our church has a passion to reach people who are far from God, teach them to follow Jesus, and launch them out to serve God in the world. If you're in the San Diego area, we'd love for you to join us for a service. Please visit questsd.com to learn more about us, find out service times, and explore our ministries. If you have any questions, send us an email at info at questsd.com. Thanks for listening, and we hope you enjoy today's message. We are excited to continue our Blueprint series. Uh, It's a, a teaching series that we started for the month of May. We're focusing in on God's design for His church And uh, we are looking at key passages that really outline for us as a church the the mission and the vision and the purpose of why we exist and why we do the things that we do, not only corporately as the body of Christ, but also individually as followers of Jesus. And if you missed any one of our messages, you can go back uh, online and you can listen to any of them. In fact, we also have sermon notes available. You can look at those digitally or even print them out. But uh, we've also been providing uh, study guides for all the messages on Sunday morning, and it gives a brief overview of the passage, a couple of insights on the key points, as well as uh, study questions just to kind of dig deeper, a devotional thought, a suggested prayer. So these are just resources for you throughout the week to dig in and dig deeper uh, into God's Word. But uh, if you've been with us over the past couple weeks, we've been looking at a couple dimensions of the church. And uh, the first was the upward dimension of the church, uh, focusing in on worship as being our primary duty. Every other activity is secondary, so, so that as followers of Jesus, we seek to glorify God, to worship Him. We looked at Romans chapter 12 that encourages us to offer our bodies, all that we are is living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is our reasonable worship and service. And, and then last week, uh, we looked at the, the inward church. Uh, so we focused in on how discipleship is the goal of every follower of Jesus. And uh, we looked at the birth of the church in Acts chapter 2, where the Holy Spirit fell upon them and, and uh, they began to gather together and uh, meet from house to house, and they devoted themselves to the, the teaching of God's Word, to fellowship, to breaking of bread, to prayers, and uh, they were serving one another and ministering to the needs of others, and they found favor in the sight of God as well as in, in men, and uh, the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. And so we looked at this upward and, and inward, and now today we're going to be focusing in on the outward dimension of the church, and that is uh, discipleship uh, that is focused in on uh, evangelism and outreach. And we have to see that the church includes all of these, not just one of these. It's uh, worshiping and glorifying God in all that we do, but uh, it's growing in our faith through fellowship and connection in the body of Christ. And then we see that flowing out in uh, our lives to be witnesses and ambassadors, representatives for Jesus. And so uh, the main point that we want to remember today as we read through these verses and study them is that the church is sent on mission together in the world. The church is sent on mission together in the world. We're looking at the Great Commission. You might have heard that term, the Great Commission. You might have heard another great in the Bible. It's the Great Commandment. The Great Commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and love your neighbor as yourself. And when you're doing that, then God gets a hold of your heart and a hold of your life, and you say, okay, God, use me. 
do whatever you want with me. It's kind of like um, in the book of Isaiah where God said, who am I going to send and who will go for us? And Isaiah raised his hand and he said, here am I, Lord, send me. So to be a representative ambassador through the great commandment, you surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And then you see the great commission, which is uh, a command by Jesus to go and make disciples. And as we go about making disciples, God uses us. He uses us in our relationships and our work and our, our school and in, in our sphere of influence to be his representatives and ambassadors. And so we're going to look at that as a theme today. But we're going to see this verse uh, broken down in a couple of ways. One is we're going to see all the authority that Jesus has and that he gives to us to accomplish this mission. Secondly, we're going to see where this mission is to take place in all nations, all people. The gospel is available to all people. In fact, that's John 3.16, right? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever, whosoever is everybody. It doesn't matter the color of your skin, the language of your tongue, or, or your, your, where you're from. The gospel and Jesus is for everybody. So we should just have a shirt in our bookstore that says, y'all need Jesus. Maybe you, you already have that shirt. Uh, Y'all need Jesus. Everybody. Everybody needs Jesus. And he's the hope of the world. No political system, no money, no financial stability is going to give you the satisfaction and the contentment in life except for a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so uh, we see all nations, all people. And uh, thirdly, we're going to see, well, how do you do that? How do you make disciples? You give them all Jesus. Teach them all things that Jesus has commanded. And then lastly, there's a promise, the promise of his presence, that he'll be with us all ways. So we have all authority, all nations, all Jesus, and all ways. And it gets me thinking about, uh, you know, maybe trips. I know we're coming into the summertime, and you might be thinking about some of your trips that you're planning. How do you plan for a trip? Just think about that right now. Maybe you're waiting to push the button on TripAdvisor and you're, you're getting ready. You're, you're gearing up because the kids are getting out of school. How do you plan? Maybe if you're married, you and your spouse plan trips a little bit differently. Uh, maybe you're more spontaneous and you think, oh, well, there'll be, there'll be openings. We'll get in. There won't be a problem. Maybe on the other side, uh, someone's like an Uber planner. Do you have somebody in, in your family like that? They plan every second of every minute of every vacation that you're on and you feel like, well, is this really a vacation or what's going on here? And you're just planning, uh, which is good. We need to have a plan. Well, what about the packing when you get ready for the trip? Is packing a little different in your family? I know it is for some of us in our family uh, where they're, plan- they're packed for like the week before and they're just ready. Whereas a couple of us in our family maybe the night before, maybe the morning of. Is it clean? Give it the sniff test and away we go, right? Uh, that's probably my son. But um, So there's different ways. You're planning, packing. How about navigating? You guys navigate a little different when someone's driving. You say, no, you're not driving. I'm not going to let you drive because I just can't handle it. Uh, you look at the navigation. You put in the, um, the address and, well, f- hold on, I'm sorry, some of you don't even use the navigation. How dare you use that? I know where I'm going, right? That's how you say. Or if you do use the navigation, okay, fine, we'll put it in the, you know, the navigation. And somebody looks at the map view, or the other person looks at the list view. I don't know how you navigate on list view. This is just beyond me, but I'm a maps view kind of guy. Uh, so there's just different ways, right? You plan, you prepare, you pack. Why? 
There's a destination you're looking forward to enjoying the process, the journey, and the time. Well, when it comes to the scriptures that we're looking at today, Jesus has provided for us the roadmap. He's provided for us the destination. He's provided all the gas money uh, that we need to sustain us on this journey and on this mission. And uh, as Jesus is meeting with his disciples, he's not only encouraging, but also challenging. And I pray that he would do that for us today. So as I mentioned, Matthew chapter 28, we see the great commission here in verse 16. So you can look with me there. It says, then the 11 disciples went away into Galilee to the mountain, which Jesus had appointed for them. And when they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Everyone say all. So there it is, all authority. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Everyone say all. All nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Everyone say all. Are you getting the point here, right? You guys following along with that? All things that I have commanded you. And lo, I, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. Everyone say always. Got to add the ways on there, right? So this is taken from the text. Jesus meeting with his disciples. We're jumping into this verse. So there's a little bit that's happening uh, in the previous verses. We know that this is a critical point, not only in Jesus' ministry, but this is after his resurrection, prior to his ascension up into heaven, and he's meeting with his disciples. He's already met with a couple of them on the road to Damascus, showing uh, them who he is. He's meeting with some of the disciples who were doubting, doubting Thomas, saying, touch, handle me, and see. He's meeting with the women and saying, look, it is I. Do not worry. Do not fear. So uh, this is the time that he gives the disciples and the church their marching orders. He gives them this command, the great commission, to go and, and make disciples. Uh, but what's interesting about this is if you fast forward just a, a couple of events into the book of Acts, we also see Jesus say to the disciples to wait. So which one is it, Jesus? Do you want us to go or do you want us to wait? Because he says, wait and tarry in Jerusalem until something happens. And that until is the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. When the Holy Spirit comes upon you, Jesus says, that you will receive power to be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the uttermost parts. And so Jesus here is giving the disciples, the church, you and I even today, this, um, this mission, but he's also saying that you will not be able to accomplish this mission without the filling of the Holy Spirit, without the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. So you need both. And so in uh, Matthew chapter 28, we're given the roadmap. In Acts chapter 1, we're given the gas card. We're given the power to be able to do that. And so we see this mission. We see the church. Uh, we see this authority. If you go back to the scriptures, Jesus says here, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. And so just a couple of things in, in kind of an overview of these verses. One is there's the authority of Jesus, that he has all authority, and he gives that authority to you and I. But uh, we also see the assignment, and then lastly, the assurance, right? The, the authority comes from the idea that Jesus has absolute power, is free from any limitations, and it is available to you and I to lean on moment by moment. So the mission of the church is empowered with divine authority, this power I already talked about, the Holy Spirit coming upon us and giving us this power. 
And um, we see how this uh, power is to be used. It's to go and make disciples. The authority and the, the, the power of Jesus gives us the strength. It allows us to accomplish what he's calling us to accomplish. Now, sometimes we, we might be thinking, well, that's just for the pastor. Or uh, that's just for the, you know, the missionary or the Christian worker. Well, you know, Jesus empowers every single one of us with the Holy Spirit. He calls the church. Now, church isn't the people who work at the church. The church isn't the location or the building or the facility. The church is the people of God, the bride of Christ, the body. And uh, for you and I to be a part and members of the body, then he empowers us to be used by him. And this is the power that we can um, have the strength from, uh, from him because uh, it's not in our own ability that we go and do these things. You know, early on when I uh, became the pastor here at the church, I was asked a question. Well, what's your vision for the church? And uh, I think that's a great question. But, um, you know, I, I look at it from a little different perspective in the sense it's not my vision for the church. Uh, it's not a pastor's vision for the church. The vision should be Jesus' vision for the church. And I have found that you can strategize and plan Jesus right out of the church, <laughs> Right out of the mission of the church, if you are looking to any one individual or looking to any one organization or denomination or structure or board of directors or leader or whatever it is, it's Jesus. He has the authority. And if he has the authority, and then that's the plan that we follow. We follow his purpose, his vision, and he outlines that for us. Now, we're focusing in on this out reach and evangelism, but it's all in the context of worshiping Jesus first, of growing as disciples, as well as having this outflow of ministering to other people who are, are far from God. And so I think a great church and the success of a great church has an uncompromising focus on the Great Commission. All of the resources and all of their efforts and all of their energy as the body of Christ are worshiping Jesus, are growing together in fellowship, but are also laser-focused on reaching people who are far from God. That's our vision here at the church, and it's taken from this passage, that we exist to reach people who are far from God, to teach them to follow Jesus, and to launch them back out to serve God in the world. And we see this as the cycle of discipleship, of growing in Christ. And it's taken straight from this passage to reach people because the, the majority of the people who are far from God are not in this building. They're not in this place. Now, you might be far from God in this place and that's a good place to be because there's hope, there's love, there's grace, there's goodness of God. And you can have a relationship with him by surrendering your life to him and confessing your sin and being born again. That takes place here as well. And so it's the authority and the vision of Jesus. So we all, we, uh, we all hear his voice because he's the good shepherd. And we follow his leading and, and guidance. It's not about any one person's vision. It's Jesus' vision. He's giving that for us here in the Great Commission. The assignment, it, notice he says, go and make. It's not a subtle suggestion. It's, it's a strong command. It's not to be put off, it's to be um, engaged in, to be a part of. There's uh, some other churches that I know, I've heard it before, that uh, as far as their mission is to make Jesus' last command their first work, which is kind of the last command of the Great Commission here, and to be a part of making disciples. And then there's this assurance, right? It's the encouragement of 
the bookends of Jesus' authority as well as his proximity. Do you see that in the beginning? All authority has been given to me. And now I'm going to give you that authority. And this isn't anything new for the disciples. You remember if you've read through the Gospels that they were dispatched two by two by Jesus multiple times during his earthly ministry. They had a little taste of what it would be like to go out and share Jesus and, and uh, proclaim the gospel and, uh, and cast out demons and, and heal sick people. And then they would come back to Jesus and they would be all happy and excited. But Jesus would say, don't focus on those things. Focus on uh, that you're right with Jesus and that you're close to him. And focus on what I've called you to do, not on the results. Focus on me and I'll take care of all of those results. And so this is just a process now in the Great Commission. Jesus is saying all, all who call upon the name of the Lord, all who are transformed and changed, this is the work to be sent out as as missionaries. So we have the authority of Jesus, but we also have the proximity. I'm with you always. That's a great thing. We're praying this morning, and I just love our team's heart for our congregation. Every Sunday morning, all of you are welcome if you want to come and join us at 9.15 in the morning here in the sanctuary to just pray and ask the Lord to do something fresh and something good and something new because we don't want to go through the motions. We don't want to play church. Your soul matters too much to Jesus to just go through the motions. And we are praying fervently for you as you're making your way here in the morning because it's difficult with family and kids and stress and pressures and all those sort of things. And we are praying that we don't need to be dismayed or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. And that as God told, um, as God told uh, Joshua, that if you want your life to be successful, this book of the law, the word of God shall not depart from your mouth or from your eyes or from your heart, but you shall be careful to meditate it. Meditate on it day and night, for then you will make your way prosperous, and then you have great success. You see, success in God's eyes is different than success in the world's eyes. And you could spend a lot of the good years of your life running after things that are not successful in the big grand scheme of things, especially as a disciple, a follower of Jesus. I think, it's not, I, think I saw a statistic recently. It said 95% of born-again believers have never shared the gospel and never shared Jesus with one person. That's 95%. And this is what Jesus is calling us to do. That's not to, that's, I'm, that, I don't share that to like make us all sad in the room. Uh, but it, maybe it can stir you up and stir me up and stir us up as a church to go and to share. Because, um, you know, going back again to uh, some of the early years that when I came here in 2016, one of the things that we were focused on was um, reaching out to our community and really engaging with family and, 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 and kids and letting our, our community know that we were here and that we loved them and that we wanted to help them and bless them and encourage them. And uh, we were uh, you know, kind of thinking about, well, if we go do this outreach and we spend all, all this money and we do this thing for free, well, our goal is, or, sh- or should our goal be, that people in our community are going to come to our church afterwards. And, and I think to a certain extent, you would hope that and we would pray for people to connect with Jesus, not at just one event, but to continue to come and to be changed. That's absolutely what we desire. But we began to look at it a little bit differently. That success is not following the great commission of Jesus. Success in following the great commission of Jesus is not getting people from the community into the church. It's getting the people in the church out in the community. 
sharing Jesus, loving Jesus, being his uh, ambassadors, witnesses, however you want to use it. And so we've just seen a tremendous work of God to motivate and activate and inspire and equip and, and, and strengthen and empower and send out our little church congregation to love and to be a blessing to our community. That, I see it's, you see, success in a church is not seating capacity. It's sending capacity, I think. It's not that, oh, okay, well, we got all this big, well, we got to build something bigger, and how many services do you have, and so on and so forth. It, it has not, I mean, Jesus started with 12, so we're just going to start, let's see, how many different churches? You guys go start your own churches, and we'll start over with 12. No, it's, it's not the seating capacity. It's the sending capacity. If we were all to see ourselves as those who were empowered by Jesus to go out from this place because 45 minutes, hour and a half, on a, seven days a week, that's not, I mean, that's, I mean it's good, it's, it's needed, it's scriptural, but we gather for witness, but we scatter for, excuse me, we, we gather for worship, but we scatter for witness. And we're spending so much more time of our lives in close connection with people who desperately need Jesus. And you've got Jesus, right? So the authority, the assurance, the proximity of Jesus. Where does this happen? Well, he says, in all nations, right? All places. Go, therefore, and make disciples, verse 19, of all nations. Go, therefore, and make disciples. I see a couple of words there that stand out. And they're verbs. Go, make. Well, the emphatic is actually on the make verb in this sentence, not on the go. Uh, it's the idea of as you are going along your way in life, just live your life normally. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Live your life normally. And as you're going about that process, be intentional on sharing Jesus with people. Be intentional in those relationships to represent Christ well and to draw people to him. And this speaks of a couple of things. One is, well, where's this mission? It's everywhere. And who is included in this mission? It's everyone. Everywhere and everyone. It speaks of God's sending nature. If you look at the scriptures, you see that God is ascending God. That God the Father sent God his son, Jesus Christ. And um, he's really the first missionary. He's the one who left heaven, came down to earth, and represented God. And lived and incarnate to share and to minister to us. He's a perfect example of a cross-cultural missionary. So God the Father sent God the Son, but Jesus also said in the Gospels that it's okay that I go away because when I go away, I'm gonna send you the helper, the Holy Spirit, the comforter, the counselor. So God the Father sent God the Son, and God the Son, Jesus Christ, sent God the Holy Spirit. And now in the book of Acts, we see God the Holy Spirit sending God's church empowering the church it's the sending nature so God's people you and I are sent people and I think that found people find people if you've been lost and found now you know where to go (laughs) and uh, God uses found people to go out and find more people Uh, there's some wonderful parables that Jesus talks about go into the highways go into the byways invite anybody whoever would come The invitation is open, the whosoever, right? Jesus even said of himself in Luke 19, I have come to seek and to save that which is lost. There's the idea that if you've been found, then God's 
calling and given you the opportunity in your relationships to go find more people. Uh, this is the heart of God. And I guess that really speaks to having this heart. God, would you give me compassion for people? Would you help me see other people through your eyes? Because so many times we're just, you know, it's just busy. There's just a lot of stress. There's so many things we're focused on, right? And if we had God's heart, do you remember in the Gospels when Jesus looked out upon multitudes of people and he was moved with compassion? He was broken over the lostness of souls. And he prayed, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out workers. Well, I see a bunch of workers right here. I see a bunch of people who have been found by, by Jesus and now know how to lead people back to the one who's found them. And you could do that in a very natural way. It's ascending nature. Found people, find people. It's in the sense of what Jesus said to his disciples. As the Father has sent me, I am also sending you. His assurance, his presence, his closeness. Now, this is the journey, right? Okay, we are to go, make disciples. Well, how do you do that? Well, we're told that in the following verse. Go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. This is how a disciple is made. It's not like spontaneous combustion where, oh, there's a disciple. Wow, that's amazing. You're all fully formed and ready to go. Man, you're just, no, that's not how it works. It works in community. It works in fellowship. It works in getting into God's word. We see as you're going along the way, the mission of the church is to establish disciples in maturity, to grow up in our faith. And you grow up in your faith by growing deep in God's word, that Jesus is the subject, he's the verb, he's the noun, he's the tense, uh, he's the adjective of every sentence of scripture. And we know that because Jesus took the disciples through a Bible study, through the law, through the prophets, in the Old Testament, pointing them to Christ. And so Jesus is the way you make disciples. You get people into Jesus intentionally investing in the relational opportunities that we have to draw people close to Jesus. And then we see that God's people are not only growing, but they're going. And the scripture is the syllabus for life. It's the course instruction. And as we get people into God's word, then they begin to discover God's love for them. They begin to discover God's will and purpose and plan for their, for their lives. They begin to discover their meaning and significance and worth in God's eyes. Their lives are completely changed. Why? Because the Bible is living and active. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. God uses. It's God-breathed and inspired. Good for reproof and correction and training and righteousness, right? It's God's word. It's alive. It's active. And as you get people into God's word, not into some self-help, sort of thing, not into behavioral modification, not into psychological stuff. Sure, there's some benefits to probably all of that, but those are completely secondary, third, fourth, I don't know how far down the line they are next to God's word. If you open up God's word and you get people into God's word, that's where change takes place. That's where truth is revealed. That's a mirror to our soul. And you begin to see God for who he is and his plan for your life. Getting people into God's word as a scriptural source is where disciples are made. So we'll never get away from God's word. We are constantly growing in it. So along the way, water baptism, notice there's a reference to that. 
is an example, it's an outward demonstration of an inward condition. People are being baptized not only with water, but they're being baptized with the Holy Spirit. And when, the, when you're baptized with the Holy Spirit, then you see the living water, as Jesus said. When you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you have living waters flowing out of you into other people. You're just refreshing to other people, encouraging to other people. So we're following this, this progression. It's all authority. Jesus tells you, do not worry. I'm with you along the way. I'm giving you my power and my strength. Okay, Jesus, that sounds really good. Now where are we going? You're going to go everywhere, whether it's across the street or across the seas. Some of you might be called into mission work, and you've been fighting against it. And God has a calling on your life to go share Jesus in some foreign country or to go on a mission trip. And uh, that's a powerful thing. I, God really changed my life in being a part of you know, mission trips. But it could be just across the street. It could be in your work. It could be in your school. It could be in your family to share Jesus. Okay, we're going to go everywhere and to everyone, God. Give me your heart for people. How do I do that, Jesus? How do I do that? Well, I get people close to God's word. I show them Jesus. Now, you're not going to be able to show people Jesus unless you know Jesus yourself. Unless you are close to him in his word. So as you're in his word, then that begins to just outflow out of your life into other people and encourage and draw people close to Jesus. Teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Not any one person, but Jesus Christ. And then it closes with yet another wonderful encouragement. And uh, he says, teaching them to observe all things in verse 20. All things that I've commanded you, and I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The mission of the church here in closing is endorsed by Jesus' proximity. I mentioned that earlier. The closeness of Jesus. He's with us. He'll never leave us nor forsake us. I see a couple of things. One is the promise and then the presence. The Jesus' power and his presence is a promise that will always persist. will always be with you. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. His power, his closeness. He's the one that sustains us in this mission and in this work of making disciples. You see, Jesus sent the church, as we're reading about in these verses, he sent the church on a mission, but he did not send them alone. He says, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to ensure that your life is successful as you focus in on making disciples, on sharing the gospel, on being an ambassador and a witness for me. And then his presence, the promise of his presence means a couple of things for us. One is protection can be pretty scary when you decide, okay, God, I want to share Jesus with this person. I know you put this person on my heart. I've been praying for them for some time, and, uh, but yet I'm really scared. I don't know what to do, and I don't know what to say. There is protection because when you do step out to serve Jesus, there's a target on your back. There's spiritual warfare. When you have a church that is focused in on the Great Commission and is using all of their resources and all of the people and all the assets that God has blessed and given that church to reach people who are far from God and teach the gospel, well, Satan doesn't want that to happen. He's going to do anything he can to bring division, to drive wedges, to disrupt and to destroy and to discredit maybe the pastors, maybe the reputation of the church, maybe people in the church. He's just going to 
just wreak havoc on marriages. He's going to try to get a hold of their kids at a young age. He's going to just, just disillusion the youth and get them all focused on TikTok and just social media and all these other things. And you're going to wonder, where's my child? What happened to my kid? What's going on? And uh, there's just spiritual warfare that is coming against, and I can attest to that in the seven years that I've been here at Quest, spiritual warfare. And I just learned, okay, it's part of the, part of the, the, the package, <laughs> and let's just deal with it. He says, I will be with you, and I've given you all authority, and there's victory and success. And Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And the Lord will add to the church daily those who are being saved. So it's not on my shoulder, it's not on your shoulder to save people, but it is for us to draw people, to bring people, to, to invite people into this relationship with God. And so there's protection, there's power, there's also peace. Okay, Lord, thank you. I don't have to figure this all out. You're with me always. And that's a great comfort and encouragement. You see how we're focusing in on these key passages uh, during this month of May? The upward church, worshiping Jesus. He wants you, not just what you do for him. He wants you. He loves you. He wants a relationship with you, not the things you do for him. Now, those can come as God changes your life. But make sure that you belong to Jesus. And then get plugged in. Stay connected. Why? We all know the analogies. What is that lion or that hyena or that cheetah? Who does he go after? It's the one who's wounded, the one who's on the outskirts, the one who is, 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 is not in the fold. They're an easy target to take down. Satan will do the same thing in your life. Stay connected to the source, to the vine, to the branches, right? Be in God's word, not only personally, but also in fellowship and connection because it's through that that our needs are met, that spiritual growth takes place, and we begin to see this bigger vision of God's purpose and plan in our lives. It's not to live for the weekend. It's not to save the retirement. It's not to be in that house or to have that toy, It's to be a representative of Jesus in the life that he has given you and the one that you have constructed with his leading and guiding and to maximize all of your resources, all of your time, talent, and treasure in representing him and inviting people to experience that love, that grace, that mercy, and that hope that you have experienced in a relationship with Jesus. And he can do that powerfully, powerfully in your work, in your school, in your home, wherever you go, take this hope, take this message, take this truth with you. So with that, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for this focus in on these key passages of Scripture that encourages encourages us to maybe reshuffle our priorities. Help us to have your heart and your vision, I pray for our congregation. I pray for our church. I thank you for the love that they display towards one another and the care and the compassion that they have for the people who are far from God in our community. And I pray, Lord, that you would keep that flame afire. I pray, Lord, that you would stir up more of our congregation, not because it's just a selfish prayer, but because I I know that you want you have so much more in our, in our lives. 
I pray that you would stir up more people in our congregation to be a part of the mission and the vision of reaching people who are far from God, of teaching them to follow Jesus and to going out from this place to do more of that. Help us to see those next steps. Thank you for your presence. Lord Jesus, we pray for your provision and power in this mission and in this work to provide for all that's needed. And Lord, we pray that in this place and through our people that more people will come to faith in Jesus Christ and more people would grow in Christ and more people would go for Christ. That lives would be transformed. Marriages would be healed. Addictions would be broken. Prodigal sons and daughters would return. And the fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit would be evident in our lives. God, we love you. We thank you. In Jesus' name. And we all said, amen. Thanks again for joining us for the Quest Church San Diego Sermon Podcast. We hope you were encouraged by today's message. If you have any questions about the Bible, need prayer, or recently made a commitment to follow Jesus, we'd love to hear from you. Please visit questsd.com to get connected. You can also send us an email at info at questsd.com to let us know how God is using these messages to encourage you in your walk with Jesus. Until next time, we pray you have a blessed week.